Thank you, Landon. You are so wonderful on that piano. What a great day to serve a Lord and King above all kings. Woo. Glory to his name. Uh, I asked Pastor Will if I could open up this morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, he's going to the Holy Land in a couple of days, taking a, a group, and he'll be gone for a little bit. And I felt the desire that we needed to pray for him uh, and his travels. You know, every day we pray for the hedge of protection around this place. Well, we need that hedge to move along a little bit with him. So uh, if you all bow your heads. Father God, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise and honor you, Father. And uh, as this journey comes up for Pastor Will and, and a group of friends, we ask that you keep them safe. Keep that hedge of protection around them, Lord. Uh, guide their steps in all that they do and let all that they do be to honor and glorify you, Father. We thank you so much for Pastor Will. Uh, Father, uh, what a great place this is, and we know it's from you, Lord. We love you, praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Will. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Steve. He's our faithful lay leader, and we appreciate Steve and all that he does. Will you give him a hand of appreciation today? It takes a lot of people to keep this ministry moving forward day by day. And there, most of the people seem to be working behind the scenes, but we're all together doing the kingdom work. So we're glad to be here today and um, do look forward to my time away from you, although um, you will be missed and in my prayers. And I would like to say that next Saturday morning, Reverend Michael Vaughn from Gate City United Methodist Church will be bringing the message. And he's a wonderful preacher and speaker. You will love his message. And then two weeks from today, our district superintendent, Jeff Lambert, sitting right back here in the corner, you know Jeff, will be preaching on Palm Sunday. So when he came in this morning with his family, I said, you're early, <laughs> uh, two weeks. Anyway, we appreciate our district superintendent and his family. So God bless you. And I do want to say, uh, invite friends and be a part of worship on Saturday mornings. If you cannot be a part of what we do here, you can always join us virtually on Facebook and YouTube on Sunday afternoons at four o'clock, okay? So you'll be able to follow along with the services of worship. And uh, we have visitors here today. Uh, we have Lyle, whom I have not met before, uh, but he invited Sue, who lives in Knoxville. And Lyle is here in Kingsport, and both of them are here for the first time today. So God bless you, and welcome to Shades of Grace. We welcome you. And um, I think maybe a couple of Jeff's family members are here for the first time. That's Trinity and Caleb, right? So we welcome you, and um, the other guy has been here before. <laughs> when, when I don't know what to say, Landon always gives us those little, okay. <laughs> but anyway, we're glad you're here today, and it's just a good place to be. We have a lot of prayer requests to share with you this morning. And um, we have, uh, today we will be having 
our third memorial service for this week. We had one on Monday, uh, one yesterday, and one today. And we ask you to remember all the loved ones of each who has passed in our community. And I want to thank some special members of our congregation who send flowers from time to time when we have someone who passes away who has no family, no one to love them, no one to care. And those friends from our congregation often have flowers delivered from the florist, and that means so very much. It, yesterday, we only had two friends who were here who knew the young man who had passed, and so we gave the flowers to those guys to take home so they could enjoy it. But anyway, we want you to pray for all of those. I have another friend, a longtime friend of mine, named Stephen Eck. I believe he possibly could have been here a couple of times, but he is in Nashville, and he is not expected to survive through today. I've been on the phone with his family members earlier today, and we want you to remember Stephen Eck, E-C-K, when you pray that the Lord will be with each of them during these days. And we have a lot of other requests in our community and in our congregation, and we just ask that we would pray for one another always, okay? So if you have a need or a request for prayer and you'd like to just slip up your hand, would you please do that today? Let's take just a moment, okay? It'll be okay. Steve, can you go next door and find something for her, please? Thank you. Some of you may be here for the first time, and this is Shades of Grace, so uh, we love all of our friends. Miss Nita is one of the sweetest and kindest people that you will ever know, but some days are difficult for her. Yesterday and the day before, yesterday morning, for example, she came in and she was doing so well, and she saw we were preparing for a funeral, and she said, is it someone who is homeless? And she said, can I come? And of course, she came for the service and supports what we do. And some days it's just really difficult for her. And uh, I don't know what traumatic experience that she may have gone through. We've never been able to determine that. But I noticed today, again, she always says there were no survivors. That's always the thing that's on her mind. So I want you to pray for Nita. And she's been a part of our group, our congregation, here for probably seven years. And some days are just really tough. So please remember her when you pray, okay? And all the ones who struggle in the streets and um, who, and, and you know, on a good day uh, when things are going well in her life, she gets a, a check, a disability check. She will always bring me a couple of hundred dollars. She said, I want to support the ministry. And then when she has difficult days, maybe like she's having today, and uh, she's needing a place to stay, then I'll take the extra money that she has given me. 
and it's in, reinvested back into her for a place to stay. So uh, that's just how we operate here at Shades of Grace. But uh, anyway, we welcome you and pray that God will bless you in our time together today, okay? Sometimes I feel like maybe I need to share a little bit about our congregation so that you will know how to pray for all of us. So let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this place which is a safe place for many whose lives are hurting and who struggle in so many, many ways. We pray for all of the needs that were represented in the lifting of hands today. We pray to, for the families of those who have gone to be with you this past week. And we pray for Stephen Eck and for his family members today. Lord, we ask that you would be with Nita. Lord, help her today, keep her safe, watch over her, and uh, be with each one of us and help us to be understanding, kind, patient, loving, even in days when things are hard. Forgive us of our sins. We thank you for Jeff Lambert and his family who are with us today, and we thank you for Pastor Michael, who will be here next week. We thank you for Landon, for Steve, for Jimmy, and for all of the folks who lead the music and the singing here, and we thank you for Miss D, who blesses so many with her sign language. Be with us now, Holy Spirit, and walk through this service with us, we pray, and in the, to, in the days ahead, in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Miss D, how are you today? She's good. She's a lady of few words, but she preaches every sermon and sings every song and does it well. And we have Officer Estep with us today, so God bless you, Officer Estep. And we always have an officer here in our worship on Saturdays. So God bless you all. If I fail to mention someone, then you know who you are and you know that God loves you. We're going to sing a little chorus together to open up just before we turn the service over to Landon and the musicians, but it's since Jesus passed by. Sing it with us. Like a blind man I wandered so lost and So helpless without God or his son, then my Savior in mercy heard and answered my cry. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by. Since Jesus passed by, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. I cannot explain it, and I cannot tell you why, but oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. 
all gone. Praise God, I'm free. David Francis, who is a very faithful part of our congregation and usually sings and plays during our worship, uh, has been in the hospital. He was last here two weeks ago and um, spent a week in the hospital. He's still not with us today, so I want you to remember David Francis when you pray. And so, um, also we're glad Jeff is back after your stint of uh, surgery with your neck. And uh, he just wanted me to let you know that he hadn't been in a fight or anything. He actually had surgery on his neck. But no, he, he told me not to say that. But um, anyway, I'm going to turn the service over now to Landon and uh, whoever's going to be singing with you today, Landon. Is there something in your heart between you and the Lord? Have you drifted apart, not as close anymore? There's nothing you can do that he will not forgive. Bring it to the cross and let it die so you can live. Cross, get it under the blood. Drown your pain in every stain in the mercy blood. Nail it to the cross, find hope and forgiveness. Kneel at the tree and walk away free. Nail it to the cross. there a burden you bear it's caught you battered and bound do you struggle for strength do you long to lay it down don't take another step just kneel where you stand bring it to the cross and take the hammer in your blood drown your pain and every stain in the mercy blood nail it to the cross find hope and forgiveness kneel at the tree and walk away free nail it 
This next song, I think a lot of y'all will recognize, so y'all help me sing it this morning. I saw a blind man tapping along. way as he passed through the throng. Tears filled my eyes. I said, friend, you can't see with a smile on his face. He replied unto Don't look so blue for I 
sharing the music today and as we always say you are always welcome to participate in worship if you have a song to sing or if you have music to play or something to say we just always ask you to talk to Landon and he's easy to get a hold of he only lives about two minutes away from the piano 
Okay, so he's easy to find, and um, you can participate. You can be a part of the worship, okay? We're not looking for Shades of Grace has talent. That's not what we're about. We're looking for, let's praise the Lord, right? All right, we're going to read some scriptures, and you've been sit sitting for a little while, most of you. And if you would like to stand and you're able to do so, stand for the reading of some scriptures today just to give yourselves a break. We don't do this in every service, but it's good to stand up once in a while and make yourself at home, be comfortable. You're in the Father's house. As the folks often say here, we're in God's living room, okay? And if you haven't picked up on the theme yet, we're reading about the blind man. We've sung about him at least three times this morning. And so we're going to be reading from John chapter 9. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be manifested in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging ask, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he just looks like him. But the man himself insisted, I am he. I am the man. Then how were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes, was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man said, and I washed and now I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. 
What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents said, and we know that he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. Let him speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was Lord would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he's of age, go ask him. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Can you say hallelujah to that? Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've already told you and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, hmm, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, but he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You've already seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Does that sound familiar from our story last week? when he met the woman at the well. Then the, the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. 
This is the scriptures for today. God bless you and you may be seated. I hope you enjoyed your little break standing up. And I hope you enjoy sitting just as much, okay? All right. We are in the season called Lent. We're rapidly moving toward what we call Holy Week. When we think about all that Jesus went through in that last week of his earthly life as the Savior before his crucifixion and then before his ultimate resurrection from the dead and ascension into heaven. And so we are remembering in each of these services and each of the scriptures that are being thought about and read this week, the fact that we are dust. From dust we have come, and to dust we all shall return. Remember that from our Ash Wednesday services? And we had the ashes placed upon our forehead, and we heard those words, remember from where you have come. So as we go through this season of 40 days, these 40 days parallel the life that Jesus spent immediately after his baptism as he was led by the Spirit, or as some of the Gospel writers said, he was driven by the Spirit. He was inspired as Emmanuel, God with us, by the Spirit to go into the wilderness, and there he was faced with every temptation common to man. And I've asked you in times past not to give an answer out loud, but to reflect upon that and think about it for yourself. What is the worst temptation that you have faced? What in your life have you thought about doing and today you're so grateful that either God brought you through that victoriously or that you never even acted it out to begin with? But the scripture says that Jesus faced those three great temptations on the mountain or in the desert. And Satan came to him, and each time the Lord had an answer to him, such as, it is written, get thee behind me, or it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so, as we think of what Jesus did upon his baptism, and as we remember what we're doing going through these days, remembering soon his crucifixion, his death, and his burial, we place special emphasis upon fasting because Jesus went without food for 40 days, and the Bible says afterward he was hungry. And that's when Satan tempted him with bread, and yet he resisted. As we go through this season of Lent, we look inside our own hearts. You know, if there's one thing that is wrong in Christianity and with those who call themselves followers of the Lord in our world, and I suppose it's been that way from the beginning, is that we often like to look at the sins and faults of others rather than focusing upon our own, right? 
And we've probably heard that little song from time to time. We've actually sung it. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's standing in the need of prayer, okay? So we're not judging other people during this season of Lent and hopefully all the other weeks of the year to follow. We are to search our own hearts and realize that we have some work to be done in our own heart. And then a third thing that we do as people of faith during these 40 days is the giving of alms or helping the poor. Now we look for a little bit of a special way of doing that during these 40 days because Shades of Grace basically exist to reach out to and to minister to and with the last, least, lost and lonely. And every day of the week in ministry, we're reaching the poor. People come to us as we sing that song, People Need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, there is an open door, and that doorway is Jesus. And he says, come to me, all of you, everybody. Don't leave anybody behind. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. But we give bag lunches, we feed the hungry, we give groceries, we pay electric bills, we pay water bills, we pay rent, we bury the dead. Uh, there's all kinds of things we do as a storefront church. And those of you that are viewing this through YouTube or Facebook on Sunday afternoon, I want to say thank you because you are many of those who make that happen. Even though most of you have never been to this place in Kingsport, Tennessee. The Lord has placed it in your heart to share your gifts and your resources with us so that we can continue being the body of Christ in a world that is broken. And it's nothing short of miraculous what God does in this simple storefront house of worship. Every day you see it, all of you see it, every day we understand that little is much when God is in it. You know, sometimes some of the homeless folks may wander in and they might lay down a handful of change. I remember, God bless little Ruby, who went on to be the, with the Lord during the pandemic. And so many of our friends who were with us before are now in what we call the church triumphant. They're not here anymore. But they're in that great cloud of witnesses. But she used to walk along and pick up, well, I'll tell you what she picked up. <laughs> All of you know. But along with that, she picked up change. Miss Ruby, she was an entrepreneur. And um, she carried little baggies in her coat. And she picked up cigarette butts on the street that had a little bit of tobacco left. Then at the end of the day, she would take them all, rip them apart, uh, put the tobacco together, and roll her own with the tobacco that she found on the butts of the cigarettes in the street. And then she would sell them sometimes for a dollar a piece on the street. She was an entrepreneur. But along with picking up those uh, cigarette butts, she would pick up change. And I don't know how many times she would come in and she, she would say, Pastor Will, here's what I found this week. And that change would always go into a fund and it would be given right back out into the community through various needs that arose. 
You see, we all are participants in the kingdom work of God. Amen? Whatever we do, do all in the name of Jesus Christ and to his glory. And so we see the humanity of Jesus as we go through Lent because we can see the humanity in ourselves. We realize how frail we are. We realize that we are just from the dirt of the ground and to that same dirt we will go back again. This passage that we read as we were standing a few moments ago tends to continue that relationship of tension between Jesus and his followers and the religious leaders, namely the Pharisees and some of the scribes and other religious leaders who really despised him because they saw him as a threat to their own popularity and position of religious power. And so we see um, today a blind man. Now in the last few weeks of Lent, you remember we saw Nicodemus? How many, remember, how many of you remember Nicodemus came by night to find the way that's right? We sang that little song, How I Love, I Love That Man of Galilee because he's done so very much for me. He's forgiven all my sins and placed the Holy Ghost within. How I love, love, love that man of Galilee. And then we've seen the Samaritan woman. And we've seen several characters of the scriptures as Jesus interacts with them and gives them the words of eternal life. What they're looking for, we find out that we're seekers. How many of you in here today, you don't have to raise your hand, and I talked about that last Saturday, but people that are looking for something, we're, we're all looking for something. But how do we know when we find it? Well, the only way I can say is, from the woman last week, she said, I no longer thirst for the things that I thirsted for. And in today's message, the man simply said, I was blind, and now I can see. What a wonderful testimony that is. So Jesus has to now face the uh, criticism of the religious leaders by healing this poor man on the Sabbath day. And he performs another miracle on the Sabbath, which gets him in a whole lot of trouble with the religious leaders of his day. He created great controversy. And when the dust settles, the local leaders, the religious people, will be really embarrassed, not by Jesus, but by the very man himself who was healed, the one who had that testimony. You know, that old song we sing sometimes, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. You want to sing that, Landon? Let's do just a little chorus of that. Sing it with us here. Well, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. 
Some things to look at in the life of this man. He was blind. He could not see. But I like what Jesus said to the religious people. And I was reminded of an old song. And if I'd thought about it, I would have asked Landon if he knows it. I don't know the name of it, but it's summed in the fact I never saw more clearly than since the Lord made me blind. You ever heard that? Well, we'll learn. I guarantee you he'll have it one of these days because he'll look it up and sing it. Of course, we have the witness of that as the Apostle Paul thought he knew everything, thought he had seen it all until the Lord blinded his eyes for three days on the Damascus Road. And then he saw very clearly the vision that God had for him. And sometimes we have to totally get out of our mind, out of our sight, out of our hearing. We need to totally distance ourselves from everything that this world sets in front of us and find that secret place with God so that we can only hear that still small voice. And it is by faith. It is not by sight. So this man, even though he had never been able to see, he was able to survive he was able to live, he was able to function and to do all that he needed to do in life, but he didn't have the ability to see. He didn't have what so many of us take for granted. How long has it been since we just stopped and said, Lord, thank you for the gift of sight? Do we do that on a daily basis or do we just take it for granted? Sometimes we just take it for granted, don't we? And we don't miss many blessings in life until we become distanced from them. And then we search our heart. We no longer search the hearts of those around us. We, we search our own heart. As the psalmist said, search my heart, O God, and help me to see if there be any wicked thing in me. And that was a big thing that the religious Pharisees were concerned about who committed sin that this man ended up blind because they had a tradition in the early centuries of the faith and in their uh, religious practices that often things would come upon people in um, physical disabilities uh, because they had done something wrong or had committed some kind of offense against God. And that is absolutely 
far from the truth. Can the church say amen? And God often takes our weaknesses and makes great strengths and helps us to do things which we ordinarily could not do. How many knows the name of Fanny Crosby? Remember that? And she was blind, and yet she was one of the greatest hymn writers and one of my favorites among others that she um, wrote, I believe, is Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And it talks about things that she could see, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. How can that be? See, often we must see through eyes of the Spirit, through eyes of faith. If Dr. Smitty were here today, he would tell you, let us see with our Jesus eyes. Let us touch with our Jesus hands. Let us listen with our Jesus ears. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. Sing it. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. You see what this blind man had to offer was a testimony. And remember I told you before and as recently as last week that God wants to take your test and make it a beautiful testimony of God's grace. He wants to take our mess and develop it into a great message of hope for the world. And during this season of Lent, I find this passage really appropriate because we think a lot about dust. Yesterday, it was, we were after the funeral service was over and a few of us were gathered around. Landon came bouncing over here with a, I didn't, wasn't sure what he had, but it was a can of pledge. And he's always cleaning the piano because this building has lots of dust. But he cleans that piano sometimes every day to wipe the dust down. And um, I was thinking about dust. It's a great reminder of Lent, of what we're about. And Jesus picked up dirt, dust, from those streets of Jerusalem. And he spit in that dust and he made clay, or he made a mud pack, we might say. And he placed it upon the eyes of the man. And he was able to see. And that man could say, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Jesus all the day long. 
And yet his own parents said, you're going to have to ask him because we know what we know, but he knows what he knows. Nobody can tell your story for you. Amen? And you've got a story. Every one of you, all of us, whoever you are listening to this or viewing this by Facebook and YouTube, and we have several thousand who view this every weekend in other countries, in many states, you have a story. And you need to be telling it. By the way, give Steve credit. My book went to the editor this week. Is that right, Jimmy? The publisher. Okay. Um, I've been wanting to write a book for a long, long time. And one of my lifelong friends reached out to me a month ago and he said, I, have you written your book yet? And I had to tell him by text, well, I've written a book, but it's not the one I was going to write 30 years ago. <laughs> but since we've been here for almost nine years, I've collected stories, testimonies, I've written some devotionals, and I've taken pictures. And if you're in this building at a certain time of day, when the sun is just right, you will see those words from the window, Shades of Grace, a United Methodist congregation, transferred onto that brick wall in a slanted angle. And it's on the wall. And so I titled my book with that picture on the wall, Reflections from God's Living Room. And you're going to be able to have a copy of that hopefully by summer. And I want all of you to get one, and I'll autograph it for you. And you'll think Dr. Smitty did it. You know why? Because I write like a doctor. <laughs> that's our joke between Dr. Smitty and me. But hopefully that's going to be coming real soon, and my book is not going to be for sale. It's going to be a gift to whoever wants it, a gift from Shades of Grace, of the testimonies, of the stories of the witnesses to the faith of so many, many people who have been in this place and whose lives have been touched by God's grace. And even at that, the story will never be told. That could be only volume one. And there are so many, many more. But Steve told me back in September, he gave me orders as my faithful lay leader, Pastor Will, one of these days you're going to be gone. I don't know what he meant by that. <laughs> yes, I do, all too well. But I'm telling you, well, I'm not sure how he threatened me because he got my attention. I'm not sure what the consequences are, but I got the point and I started getting stuff together and Julie Ware helped me so much with a lot of the pulling up the print and all of this stuff. And anyway, it has gone to the publisher and I'm looking forward to being able to read it, but it's just stories. It's stories like what we've talked about here today. Once I was blind, and now I see. Once I was spiritually without hope, and now I have a hope and a future. There's all kinds of stories of witnesses of Jesus' love. That's what it's all about. That's what we need to be doing during this season of Lent, is looking deep into our own soul and finding those stories where God has blessed us, where God has changed our circumstances, 
I heard somebody this week say, prayer changes things, and it does, but then immediately it's like the Spirit quickened it in my voice, and I told someone, I said, that is true, but prayer changes people, and then people change things. I think that's how God prefers to work, don't you? We sit around and say, well, God will do it. But what are we doing? Amen. What are we going to do? We have to do our part. Absolutely. Thank you, Brenda. We all have to do our part. And when we put all of our parts together, it makes a beautiful picture, a beautiful mosaic of God's love. It's like a story I read somewhere, and I'll paraphrase it quickly. But a little boy was given a piece of paper that had uh, a puzzle on the back somehow, and he was supposed to be able to put it all together. You, you ever heard that story? And it would have been very hard to do, but he happened to see on the other side of the page was a portrait of the face of Jesus. And he began to draw and color in all the spaces in the character of Jesus. And when he turned it over, he realized that all the parts had come together on the other side of the page. And that's how it is in life. If we seek first the kingdom of God, if we put Jesus in his rightful place in our lives, then I believe everything else is going to work out. Amen. Romans 8.28 says it so very well. We believe, we know that all things do work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are the called ones according to God's purpose. Amen. Do you know God has a purpose for you, for your life? I'm sure this blind man, as he tapped along, as Landon sang, until he met Jesus that day, did not understand that 2,000 years later, people would still be talking about him and we don't even know his name. Isn't that powerful? The world may not know your name and it doesn't need to know our names. It needs to know that we love Jesus and that we represent Christ and the kingdom of God. That's all that matters. And if we fall short in doing that in the world, then we've really missed our calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You know the scripture, I think. I paraphrase a lot. But Jesus calls us to be his body in the world, and we have a testimony, we have a story to tell. Do you love to tell the story? Amen. Nobody can tell it for you. This man had to tell his story several different times in order for the people to comprehend. And I'm not sure that a lot of them ever got the truth of it. Because God chooses the foolishness of this world the world thinks that, you know, here it is Saturday morning, the day of rest, and a bunch of crazy people gathered in a room doing this. I mean, that's not the things that the world would think is important, right? But how many of us know for us, 
this is life. This is victory. This is hope. This is life abundantly. This is what it's all about. Giving praise to Jesus. Preparing our hearts. Getting ready for a new day to go out on Monday and begin serving people all over again as we do every day. The least, last, lost, and lonely of our world. That's what God calls us to do. Tell your story. I hope Landon's got a good story and song right now. I know he's been meditating and thinking about this as I've been preaching. So Landon, I'm putting you on the spot right now. I want you to just sing something and share it with us before we go. add a little verse to that. It says, praise God, praise God. So I'm going to invite you to stand and sing praise God together. Praise God, 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 praise God.
our congregation that will be viewing this on Facebook Live and YouTube on Sunday or anytime thereafter, I want everybody in the house at the count of three to say praise God, okay? And do it in no small voice. Now, I know some of you, if I were to ask your spouse or whoever you associate with, if you're quiet all the time, I'm sure they're going to say that we could all get a little bit loud when we want to, right? Okay, on the count of three, we're going to say praise God. And I think we got one sleeping in the back. And I'm going to see if he wakes up, okay? One, two, three. Praise God. And God bless him, he's sleeping on. He just woke up. All right. Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. I'm going to miss you all for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor Michelle to come up here, and I'm going to ask Jeff to come up here for just a moment, please. And um, I'm going to ask Jeff to greet you, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Michelle to give us a closing prayer. But this man is going to be preaching on Palm Sunday, okay? And I'm going to know whether you all laid out of church or not. And he will tell you, being a pastor for many years, the pastor is always so blessed to know that even though the congregation knows that the cat is away, that the mice still like to play, right? Y'all get the point? So nothing would thrill me more for the next two Saturdays that if all of you bring somebody with you and that every seat is filled and we'd have to put out extra ones, okay? Is that right, Jeff? That's exactly right. So come over here, you witness to them, and tell them what you're going to do to them if they don't show up. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do anything but love them, brother. How's that? The, this, is, this is our district superintendent, Reverend Jeff Lambert. Will you welcome him? And, um, well, it's so good to be with you again. I've been here several times, and it's just my second time to worship with yes, you, though. Okay. And I'm going to get to worship with you again in a couple of weeks. Yes. And I really look forward to that. And we will lift up Jesus and celebrate uh, uh, the last week of his life. Palm Sunday. Sunday. Yes. yes Amen. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Welcome him one more time. And Pastor Michelle is going to give our benediction to you. So be blessed as you go your way. If you need anything, see us before you go. Keep in mind we have another family coming in for a service at 1 p.m. So um, do what you got to do, but do it quickly, okay? God bless you. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful message. We thank you for all the things that challenged our hearts today. Um, I was especially moved by... Uh, that we walk by faith, not by sight. It doesn't depend on what we see in the natural. That usually uh, doesn't even line up with the Word of God if, we, if we're really honest with each other. So I pray that everybody's spiritual eyes and ears would be open today, that they would desire to see with Jesus' eyes, hear with Jesus' ears, do the things that you would have us to do, that we would not say, well, somebody else will take care of it. But I pray that you will open up the eyes and the hearts of our understanding today and um, bless us so that we can be a blessing to those that you bring in our path. And we go in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Thank you, Landon. You are so wonderful on that piano. What a great day to serve a Lord and King above all kings. Woo. Glory to his name. Uh, I asked Pastor Will if I could open up this morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, he's going to the Holy Land in a couple of days, taking a, a group, and he'll be gone for a little bit. And I felt the desire that we needed to pray for him uh, and his travels. You know, every day we pray for the hedge of protection around this place. Well, we need that hedge to move along a little bit with him. So uh, if you all bow your heads. Father God, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise and honor you, Father. And uh, as this journey comes up for Pastor Will and, and a group of friends, we ask that you keep them safe. Keep that hedge of protection around them, Lord. Uh, guide their steps in all that they do and let all that they do be to honor and glorify you, Father. We thank you so much for Pastor Will. Uh, Father, uh, what a great place this is, and we know it's from you, Lord. We love you, praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Will. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Steve. He's our faithful lay leader, and we appreciate Steve and all that he does. Will you give him a hand of appreciation today? It takes a lot of people to keep this ministry moving forward day by day. And there, most of the people seem to be working behind the scenes, but we're all together doing the kingdom work. So we're glad to be here today and um, do look forward to my time away from you, although um, you will be missed and in my prayers. And I would like to say that next Saturday morning, Reverend Michael Vaughn from Gate City United Methodist Church will be bringing the message. And he's a wonderful preacher and speaker. You will love his message. And then two weeks from today, our district superintendent, Jeff Lambert, sitting right back here in the corner, you know Jeff, will be preaching on Palm Sunday. So when he came in this morning with his family, I said, you're early, <laughs> uh, two weeks. Anyway, we appreciate our district superintendent and his family, so God bless you. And I do want to say, uh, invite friends and be a part of worship on Saturday mornings. If you cannot be a part of what we do here, you can always join us virtually on Facebook and YouTube on Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock, okay? So you'll be able to follow along with the services of worship. And uh, we have visitors here today. Uh, we have Lyle, whom I have not met before, uh, but he invited Sue, who lives in Knoxville. And Lyle is here in Kingsport, and both of them are here for the first time today. So God bless you, and welcome to Shades of Grace. We welcome you. And um, I think maybe a couple of Jeff's family members are here for the first time. That's Trinity and Caleb, right? So we welcome you, and um, the other guy has been here before. <laughs> when, when I don't know what to say, Landon always gives us those little, okay. <laughs> but anyway, we're glad you're here today, and it's just a good place to be. We have a lot of prayer requests to share with you this morning. And um, we have, uh, today we will be having 
our third memorial service for this week. We had one on Monday, uh, one yesterday, and one today. And we ask you to remember all the loved ones of each who has passed in our community. And I want to thank some special members of our congregation who send flowers from time to time when we have someone who passes away who has no family, no one to love them, no one to care. And those friends from our congregation often have flowers delivered from the florist, and that means so very much. It, yesterday, we only had two friends who were here who knew the young man who had passed, and so we gave the flowers to those guys to take home so they could enjoy it. But anyway, we want you to pray for all of those. I have another friend, a longtime friend of mine, named Stephen Eck. I believe he possibly could have been here a couple of times, but he is in Nashville, and he is not expected to survive through today. I've been on the phone with his family members earlier today, and we want you to remember Stephen Eck, E-C-K, when you pray that the Lord will be with each of them during these days. And we have a lot of other requests in our community and in our congregation, and we just ask that we would pray for one another always, okay? So if you have a need or a request for prayer and you'd like to just slip up your hand, would you please do that today? Let's take just a moment, okay? It'll be okay. Steve, can you go next door and find something for her, please? Thank you. Some of you may be here for the first time, and this is Shades of Grace, so uh, we love all of our friends. Miss Nita is one of the sweetest and kindest people that you will ever know, but some days are difficult for her. Yesterday and the day before, yesterday morning, for example, she came in and she was doing so well, and she saw we were preparing for a funeral, and she said, is it someone who is homeless? And she said, can I come? And of course, she came for the service and supports what we do. And some days it's just really difficult for her. And uh, I don't know what traumatic experience that she may have gone through. We've never been able to determine that. But I noticed today, again, she always says there were no survivors. That's always the thing that's on her mind. So I want you to pray for Nita. And she's been a part of our group, our congregation, here for probably seven years. And some days are just really tough. So please remember her when you pray, okay? And all the ones who struggle in the streets and um, who, and, and you know, on a good day uh, when things are going well in her life, she gets a, a check, a disability check. She will always bring me a couple of hundred dollars. She said, I want to support the ministry. And then when she has difficult days, maybe like she's having today, and uh, she's needing a place to stay, then I'll take the extra money that she has given me. 
and it's in, reinvested back into her for a place to stay. So uh, that's just how we operate here at Shades of Grace. But uh, anyway, we welcome you and pray that God will bless you in our time together today, okay? Sometimes I feel like maybe I need to share a little bit about our congregation so that you will know how to pray for all of us. So let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this place which is a safe place for many whose lives are hurting and who struggle in so many, many ways. We pray for all of the needs that were represented in the lifting of hands today. We pray to, for the families of those who have gone to be with you this past week. And we pray for Stephen Eck and for his family members today. Lord, we ask that you would be with Nita. Lord, help her today, keep her safe, watch over her, and uh, be with each one of us and help us to be understanding, kind, patient, loving, even in days when things are hard. Forgive us of our sins. We thank you for Jeff Lambert and his family who are with us today, and we thank you for Pastor Michael, who will be here next week. We thank you for Landon, for Steve, for Jimmy, and for all of the folks who lead the music and the singing here, and we thank you for Miss D, who blesses so many with her sign language. Be with us now, Holy Spirit, and walk through this service with us, we pray, and in the, to, in the days ahead, in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Miss D, how are you today? She's good. She's a lady of few words, but she preaches every sermon and sings every song and does it well. And we have Officer Estep with us today, so God bless you, Officer Estep. And we always have an officer here in our worship on Saturdays. So God bless you all. If I fail to mention someone, then you know who you are and you know that God loves you. We're going to sing a little chorus together to open up just before we turn the service over to Landon and the musicians. But it's since Jesus passed by. Sing it with us. Like a blind man I wandered so lost and So helpless without God or his son, then my Savior in mercy heard and answered my cry. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by. Since Jesus passed by, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. I cannot explain it, and I cannot tell you why, but oh, what a difference since Jesus 
It's all gone. Praise God, I'm free. Looking for that bright to mention David Francis, who is a very faithful part of our congregation and usually sings and plays during our worship, uh, has been in the hospital. He was last here two weeks ago and um, spent a week in the hospital. He's still not with us today, so I want you to remember David Francis when you pray. And so, um, also we're glad Jeff is back after your stint of... Uh, surgery with your neck and uh, he just wanted me to let you know that he hadn't been in a fight or anything he actually had surgery on his neck but no he he told me not to say that but um, anyway I'm going to turn the service over now to Landon and uh, whoever's going to be singing with you today Landon Is there something in your heart between you and the Lord? Have you drifted apart, not as close anymore? There's nothing you can do that he will not forgive. Bring it to the cross and let it die so you can live. Cross, get it under the blood. Drown your pain in every stain in the mercy blood. Nail it to the cross, find hope and forgiveness. Kneel at the tree and walk away free. Nail it to the cross. there a burden you bear it's caught you battered and bound do you struggle for strength do you long to lay it down don't take another step just kneel where you stand bring it to the cross and take the hammer in your hand and get it to the cross Get it under the blood. Drown your pain and every stain in the mercy blood. Nail it to the cross. Find hope and forgiveness. Kneel at the tree and walk away free. 
This next song I think a lot of y'all will recognize, so y'all help me sing it this morning. Don't look so blue for I 
sing with me. for sharing the music today. And as we always say, you are always welcome to participate in worship. If you have a song to sing, or if you have music to play, or something to say, we just always ask you to talk to Landon, and he's easy to get a hold of. He only lives about two minutes away from the piano. 
Okay? So he's easy to find, and um, you can participate. You can be a part of the worship, okay? We're not looking for Shades of Grace has talent. That's not what we're about. We're looking for let's praise the Lord, right? All right, we're going to read some scriptures, and you've been sit sitting for a little while, most of you, and if you would like to stand and you're able to do so, stand for the reading of some scriptures today just to give yourselves a break. We don't do this in every service, but it's good to stand up once in a while and make yourself at home, be comfortable. You're in the Father's house, as the folks often say here, we're in God's living room, okay? And if you haven't picked up on the theme yet, we're reading about the blind man. We've sung about him at least three times this morning. And so we're going to be reading from John chapter 9. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be manifested in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging ask, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he just looks like him. But the man himself insisted, I am he. I am the man. Then how were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes, was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man said, and I washed and now I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. 
What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still not, did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents said, and we know that he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. Let him speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was Lord would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he's of age, go ask him. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Can you say hallelujah to that? Amen. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've already told you and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, hmm, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, but he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You've already seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Does that sound familiar from our story last week? when he met the woman at the well. Then the, the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. 
This is the scriptures for today. God bless you and you may be seated. I hope you enjoyed your little break standing up. And I hope you enjoy sitting just as much, okay? All right. We are in the season called Lent. We're rapidly moving toward what we call Holy Week. When we think about all that Jesus went through in that last week of his earthly life as the Savior before his crucifixion and then before his ultimate resurrection from the dead and ascension into heaven. And so we are remembering in each of these services and each of the scriptures that are being thought about and read this week, the fact that we are dust. From dust we have come, and to dust we all shall return. Remember that from our Ash Wednesday services? And we had the ashes placed upon our forehead, and we heard those words, remember from where you have come. So as we go through this season of 40 days, these 40 days parallel the life that Jesus spent immediately after his baptism as he was led by the Spirit, or as some of the Gospel writers said, he was driven by the Spirit. He was inspired as Emmanuel, God with us, by the Spirit to go into the wilderness, and there he was faced with every temptation common to man. And I've asked you in times past not to give an answer out loud, but to reflect upon that and think about it for yourself. What is the worst temptation that you have faced? What in your life have you thought about doing and today you're so grateful that either God brought you through that victoriously or that you never even acted it out to begin with? But the scripture says that Jesus faced those three great temptations on the mountain or in the desert. And Satan came to him, and each time the Lord had an answer to him, such as, it is written, get thee behind me, or it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so, as we think of what Jesus did upon his baptism, and as we remember what we're doing going through these days, remembering soon his crucifixion, his death, and his burial, we place special emphasis upon fasting because Jesus went without food for 40 days, and the Bible says afterward he was hungry. And that's when Satan tempted him with bread, and yet he resisted. As we go through this season of Lent, we look inside our own hearts. You know, if there's one thing that is wrong in Christianity and with those who call themselves followers of the Lord in our world, and I suppose it's been that way from the beginning, is that we often like to look at the sins and faults of others rather than focusing upon our own, right? 
And we've probably heard that little song from time to time. We've actually sung it. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's standing in the need of prayer, okay? So we're not judging other people during this season of Lent and hopefully all the other weeks of the year to follow. We are to search our own hearts and realize that we have some work to be done in our own heart. And then a third thing that we do as people of faith during these 40 days is the giving of alms or helping the poor. Now we look for a little bit of a special way of doing that during these 40 days because Shades of Grace basically exist to reach out to and to minister to and with the last, least, lost and lonely. And every day of the week in ministry, we're reaching the poor. People come to us as we sing that song, People Need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, there is an open door, and that doorway is Jesus. And he says, come to me, all of you, everybody. Don't leave anybody behind. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. But we give bag lunches, we feed the hungry, we give groceries, we pay electric bills, we pay water bills, we pay rent, we bury the dead. Uh, there's all kinds of things we do as a storefront church. And those of you that are viewing this through YouTube or Facebook on Sunday afternoon, I want to say thank you because you are many of those who make that happen. Even though most of you have never been to this place in Kingsport, Tennessee. The Lord has placed it in your heart to share your gifts and your resources with us so that we can continue being the body of Christ in a world that is broken. And it's nothing short of miraculous what God does in this simple storefront house of worship. Every day you see it, all of you see it, every day we understand that little is much when God is in it. You know, sometimes some of the homeless folks may wander in and they might lay down a handful of change. I remember, God bless little Ruby, who went on to be the, with the Lord during the pandemic. And so many of our friends who were with us before are now in what we call the church triumphant. They're not here anymore. But they're in that great cloud of witnesses. But she used to walk along and pick up, well, I'll tell you what she picked up. <laughs> All of you know. But along with that, she picked up change. Miss Ruby, she was an entrepreneur. And um, she carried little baggies in her coat, and she picked up cigarette butts on the street that had a little bit of tobacco left. Then at the end of the day, she would take them all, rip them apart, uh, put the tobacco together, and roll her own with the tobacco that she found on the butts of the cigarettes in the street. And then she would sell them sometimes for a dollar a piece on the street. She was an entrepreneur. But along with picking up those uh, cigarette butts, she would pick up change. And I don't know how many times she would come in and she, she would say, Pastor Will, here's what I found this week. And that change would always go into a fund and it would be given right back out into the community through various needs that arose. 
You see, we all are participants in the kingdom work of God. Amen? Whatever we do, do all in the name of Jesus Christ and to his glory. And so we see the humanity of Jesus as we go through Lent because we can see the humanity in ourselves. We realize how frail we are. We realize that we are just from the dirt of the ground and to that same dirt we will go back again. This passage that we read as we were standing a few moments ago tends to continue that relationship of tension between Jesus and his followers and the religious leaders, namely the Pharisees and some of the scribes and other religious leaders who really despised him because they saw him as a threat to their own popularity and position of religious power. And so we see um, today a blind man. Now in the last few weeks of Lent, you remember we saw Nicodemus? How many, remember, how many of you remember Nicodemus came by night to find the way that's right? We sang that little song, How I Love, I Love That Man of Galilee because he's done so very much for me. He's forgiven all my sins and placed the Holy Ghost within. How I love, love, love that man of Galilee. And then we've seen the Samaritan woman. And we've seen several characters of the scriptures as Jesus interacts with them and gives them the words of eternal life. What they're looking for, we find out that we're seekers. How many of you in here today, you don't have to raise your hand, and I talked about that last Saturday, but people that are looking for something, we're, we're all looking for something, but how do we know when we find it? Well, the only way I can say is, from the woman last week, she said, I no longer thirst for the things that I thirsted for. And in today's message, the man simply said, I was blind, and now I can see. What a wonderful testimony that is. So Jesus has to now face the uh, criticism of the religious leaders by healing this poor man on the Sabbath day. And he performs another miracle on the Sabbath, which gets him in a whole lot of trouble with the religious leaders of his day. He created great controversy. And when the dust settles, the local leaders, the religious people, will be really embarrassed, not by Jesus, but by the very man himself who was healed, the one who had that testimony. You know, that old song we sing sometimes, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. You want to sing that, Landon? Let's do just a little chorus of that. Sing it with us here. Well, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. 
but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Well, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Now, some things to look at in the life of this man. He was blind. He could not see. But I like what Jesus said to the religious people, and I was reminded of an old song, and if I'd thought about it, I would have asked Landon if he knows it. I don't know the name of it, but it's summed in the fact I never saw more clearly than since the Lord made me blind. You ever heard that? Well, we'll learn it. I guarantee you he'll have it one of these days because he'll look it up and sing it. Of course, we have the witness of that as the Apostle Paul thought he knew everything, thought he had seen it all until the Lord blinded his eyes for three days on the Damascus Road. And then he saw very clearly the vision that God had for him. And sometimes we have to totally get out of our mind, out of our sight, out of our hearing. We need to totally distance ourselves from everything that this world sets in front of us and find that secret place with God so that we can only hear that still small voice. And it is by faith. It is not by sight. So this man, even though he had never been able to see, he was able to survive he was able to live, he was able to function and to do all that he needed to do in life, but he didn't have the ability to see. He didn't have what so many of us take for granted. How long has it been since we just stopped and said, Lord, thank you for the gift of sight? Do we do that on a daily basis or do we just take it for granted? Sometimes we just take it for granted, don't we? And we don't miss many blessings in life until we become distanced from them. And then we search our heart. We no longer search the hearts of those around us. We, we search our own heart. As the psalmist said, search my heart, O God, and help me to see if there be any wicked thing in me. And that was a big thing that the religious Pharisees were concerned about who committed sin that this man ended up blind because they had a tradition in the early centuries of the faith and in their uh, religious practices that often things would come upon people in um, physical disabilities uh, because they had done something wrong or had committed some kind of offense against God. And that is absolutely far from the truth. Can the church say amen? And God often takes our weaknesses and makes great strengths and helps us to do things which we ordinarily could not do. How many knows the name of Fanny Crosby? Remember that? And she was blind, and yet she was one of the greatest hymn writers and one of my favorites among others that she um, wrote, I believe, is Blessed Assurance. 
Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And it talks about things that she could see, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. How can that be? See, often we must see through eyes of the Spirit, through eyes of faith. If Dr. Smitty were here today, he would tell you, let us see with our Jesus eyes. Let us touch with our Jesus hands. Let us listen with our Jesus ears. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. Sing it, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. You see what this blind man had to offer was a testimony. And remember I told you before and as recently as last week that God wants to take your test and make it a beautiful testimony of God's grace. He wants to take our mess and develop it into a great message of hope for the world. And during this season of Lent, I find this passage really appropriate because we think a lot about dust. Yesterday, it was, we were after the funeral service was over and a few of us were gathered around. Landon came bouncing over here with a, I didn't, wasn't sure what he had, but it was a kind of pledge. And he's always cleaning the piano because this building has lots of dust. But he cleans that piano sometimes every day to wipe the dust down. And um, I was thinking about dust. It's a great reminder of Lent, of what we're about. And Jesus picked up dirt, dust, from those streets of Jerusalem. And he spit in that dust and he made clay, or he made a mud pack, we might say. And he placed it upon the eyes of the man. And he was able to see. And that man could say, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Jesus all the day long. And yet his own parents said, you're going to have to ask him because we know what we know, but he knows what he knows. Nobody can tell your story for you. Amen? And you've got a story, every one of you, all of us, whoever you are listening to this or viewing this by Facebook and YouTube, and we have several thousand who view this every weekend in other countries, in many states. 
you have a story. And you need to be telling it. By the way, give Steve credit. My book went to the editor this week. Is that right, Jimmy? The publisher. Okay. Um, I'd been wanting to write a book for a long, long time. And one of my lifelong friends reached out to me a month ago and he said, I, have you written your book yet? And I had to tell him by text, well, I've written a book, but it's not the one I was going to write 30 years ago. <laughs> but since we've been here for almost nine years, I've collected stories, testimonies, I've written some devotionals, and I've taken pictures. And if you're in this building at a certain time of day, when the sun is just right, you will see those words from the window, Shades of Grace, a United Methodist congregation, transferred onto that brick wall in a slanted angle. And it's on the wall. And so I titled my book with that picture on the wall, Reflections from God's Living Room. And you're going to be able to have a copy of that hopefully by summer. And I want all of you to get one and I'll autograph it for you. And you'll think Dr. Smitty did it. You know why? Because I write like a doctor. <laughs> that's our joke between Dr. Smitty and me. But hopefully that's going to be coming real soon. And my book is not going to be for sale. It's going to be a gift to whoever wants it. A gift from Shades of Grace. Of the testimonies, of the stories of the witnesses to the faith of so many, many people who have been in this place and whose lives have been touched by God's grace. And even at that, the story will never be told. That could be only volume one. And there are so many, many more. But Steve told me back in September, he gave me orders as my faithful lay leader, Pastor Will, one of these days you're going to be gone. I don't know what he meant by that. <laughs> yes, I do, all too well. But I'm telling you, well, I'm not sure how he threatened me because he got my attention. I'm not sure what the consequences are, but I got the point and I started getting stuff together and Julie Ware helped me so much with a lot of the pulling up the print and all of this stuff. And anyway, it has gone to the publisher and I'm looking forward to being able to read it, but it's just stories. It's stories like what we've talked about here today. Once I was blind, and now I see. Once I was spiritually without hope, and now I have a hope and a future. There's all kinds of stories of witnesses of Jesus' love. That's what it's all about. That's what we need to be doing during this season of Lent, is looking deep into our own soul and finding those stories where God has blessed us, where God has changed our circumstances. I heard somebody this week say, prayer changes things, and it does, but then immediately it's like the Spirit quickened it in my voice, and I told someone, I said, that is true, but prayer changes people, and then people change things. I think that's how God prefers to work, don't you? We sit around and say, well, God will do it. But what are we doing? 
Amen. What are we going to do? We have to do our part. Absolutely. Thank you, Brenda. We all have to do our part. And when we put all of our parts together, it makes a beautiful picture, a beautiful mosaic of God's love. It's like a story I read somewhere, and I'll paraphrase it quickly. But a little boy was given a piece of paper that had uh, a puzzle on the back somehow, and he was supposed to be able to put it all together. You, you ever heard that story? And it would have been very hard to do, but he happened to see on the other side of the page was a portrait of the face of Jesus. And he began to draw and color in all the spaces in the character of Jesus. And when he turned it over, he realized that all the parts had come together on the other side of the page. And that's how it is in life. If we seek first the kingdom of God, if we put Jesus in his rightful place in our lives, then I believe everything else is going to work out. Amen. Romans 8.28 says it so very well. We believe, we know that all things do work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are the called ones according to God's purpose. Amen. Do you know God has a purpose for you, for your life? I'm sure this blind man, as he tapped along, as Landon sang, until he met Jesus that day, did not understand that 2,000 years later, people would still be talking about him and we don't even know his name. Isn't that powerful? The world may not know your name and it doesn't need to know our names. It needs to know that we love Jesus and that we represent Christ and the kingdom of God. That's all that matters. And if we fall short in doing that in the world, then we've really missed our calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You know the scripture, I think. I paraphrase a lot. But Jesus calls us to be his body in the world, and we have a testimony, we have a story to tell. Do you love to tell the story? Amen. Nobody can tell it for you. This man had to tell his story several different times in order for the people to comprehend. And I'm not sure that a lot of them ever got the truth of it. Because God chooses the foolishness of this world. The world thinks that, you know, here it is Saturday morning, the day of rest, and a bunch of crazy people gathered in a room doing this. I mean, that's not the things that the world would think is important, right? But how many of us know for us, this is life. This is victory. This is hope. This is life abundantly. This is what it's all about. Giving praise to Jesus. Preparing our hearts getting ready for a new day to go out on Monday and begin serving people all over again as we do every day, the least, last, lost, and lonely of our world. 
That's what God calls us to do. Tell your story. I hope Landon's got a good story and song right now. I know he's been meditating and thinking about this as I've been preaching. So Landon, I'm putting you on the spot right now. I want you to just sing something and share it with us before we go. add a little verse to that. It says, praise God, praise God. So I'm going to invite you to stand and sing praise God together. Praise God, 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 praise God. congregation that will be viewing this on Facebook Live and YouTube on Sunday or anytime thereafter. I want everybody in the house at the count of three to say praise God, okay? And do it in no small voice. Now I know some of you, if I were to ask your spouse or whoever you associate with, if you're quiet all the time, I'm sure they're going to say that we could all get a little bit loud when we want to, right? Okay, on the count of three, we're going to say praise God. And I think we got one sleeping in the back. And I'm going to see if he wakes up, okay? One, two, three. Praise God. Praise God.
And God bless him, he's sleeping on the... He just woke up. All right. Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. I'm going to miss you all for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor Michelle to come up here, and I'm going to ask Jeff to come up here for just a moment, please. And um, I'm going to ask Jeff to greet you, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Michelle to give us a closing prayer. But this man is going to be preaching on Palm Sunday, okay? And I'm going to know whether you all laid out of church or not. And he will tell you, being a pastor for many years, the pastor is always so blessed to know that even though the congregation knows that the cat is away, that the mice still like to play. Right? Y'all get the point? So nothing would thrill me more for the next two Saturdays that if all of you bring somebody with you and that every seat is filled and we'd have to put out extra ones, okay? Is that right, Jeff? That's, right. That's exactly right. So come over here, you witness to them, and tell them what you're going to do to them if they don't show up, okay? Well, I'm not going to do anything but love them, brother. How's that? The, this, that is, this is our district superintendent, Reverend Jeff Lambert. Will you welcome him? And, uh, well, it's... So good to be with you again. I've been here several times, and it's just my second time to worship with yes, you, though. Okay. And I'm going to get to worship with you again in a couple of weeks. Yes. And I really look forward to that, and we will lift up Jesus and celebrate uh, uh, the last week of his life. Palm Sunday. Sunday. Yes, yes amen. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Welcome him one more time. And Pastor Michelle is going to give our benediction to you. So be blessed as you go your way. If you need anything, see us before you go. Keep in mind we have another family coming in for a service at 1 p.m. So um, do what you got to do, but do it quickly, okay? God bless you. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful message. We thank you for all the things that challenged our hearts today. Um, I was especially moved by... Uh, that we walk by faith, not by sight. It doesn't depend on what we see in the natural. That usually uh, doesn't even line up with the Word of God if, we, if we're really honest with each other. So I pray that everybody's spiritual eyes and ears would be open today, that they would desire to see with Jesus' eyes, hear with Jesus' ears, do the things that you would have us to do, that we would not say, well, somebody else will take care of it. But I pray that you will open up the eyes and the hearts of our understanding today and um, bless us so that we can be a blessing to those that you bring in our path. And we go in the name of Jesus. Amen.